What is the essential ingredient for peace? It might surprise you. We explore how love unites everyone, in this life and the next, and what it means to be connected to our ancestors, right now in the NCE Spotlight, your home for fresh insights from the ongoing translation of the New Century edition of Swedenborg's Theological Works. Knock, knock, Jonathan, it's Chelsea here and Curtis. Hey, hey. Hey there, come on in. Have a seat. Thank you so much. Thank you. I actually thought to clean up a little bit ahead. It does look so nice in here. Woo. Sparkling. Thank you. No dust at all. Wow. But it still has that delicious book smell. So (laughs) such comfort. Can't get enough of it. Yep. So, Jonathan, in your editing work for the New Century Edition, Secrets of Heaven, these wonderful volumes that Swedenborg wrote that is this extensive or deep, I should say, biblical exegesis of the books Genesis and Exodus, what what corners have you been finding yourself in lately and what have you found along the way? You would think that the mine would be tapped out by now, but I keep finding these... <laughs> gems in in Secrets of Heaven Volume 4. And just as we talked about last week, about sort of random facts about the afterlife, I would call this set of passages people in the afterlife. Okay, nice. Mm, Yeah. So this first one makes a kind of point. I remember Curtis and I doing a show about something along these lines. I just like this way of of putting it, uh, you might call it the in heaven the more the better. Nice. Then I heard numerous choirs putting forth various representations. And even though there were many choirs and many in each choir, they acted as one. The forms of the various contributions combined into a single whole filled with heavenly beauty. The same effect can be produced by the entirety of heaven populated as it is by millions and millions who act in unison because they love each other, since as a result, they allow the Lord to lead them. Amazingly, the more there are, the more millions there are to populate heaven, the more distinct and perfect everything becomes. Wow. That is such a beautiful image, and I'm just particularly struck by by that little line in there about allowing the Lord to lead them. Wasn't that nice? Yes. Like, that's the trick. Okay, how can I do that today? You know, how can I do that tomorrow? Like, just come back to that. That's quite the little uh, rule of life. Yeah, and it's it's a little claustrophobic for me sometimes thinking about how many people there are and that there's going to be more and more people forever. It just seems like emotionally, how can we handle all this? How can we be one big human family if that family's getting so big? It feels like overwhelm. But the idea that everything is distinctly better, so the details aren't gonna be lost by the scale. And that I think that what you pointed out, Chelsea, is the key. That if it was just all of us leading ourselves, there's no guarantee things would get better the more they were there it could get worse but with god it's it's more materials in god's hands to do the uh 
divinely smart things God wants to do. <laughs> yeah. And it's framed on loving each other. And the idea, we generally have this idea, you know, like the right size small group is eight to 12 people and a congregation sort of peaks out at 150 and then needs to subdivide after that. And there are certain theories of, you know, how many people you can have a close relationship with. But Swedenborg's saying that millions and millions of people can love each other. Yeah. Um, and I don't think it's just a broad general thing. It, it sounds quite specific that they actually know and love each other. Hmm. Another passage here is about the state of peace and innocence in heaven and makes the point to my reading of it that peace is needed for innocence to occur. It's just an interesting concept. Mm. And he has a nice analogy in here. Peaceful conditions in the heavens resemble the mood of dawn on the earth. Everything heavenly and spiritual in the heavens exists in a state of peace, which is what gives all of it its charm, blessing, and happiness. In the same way, at the time of dawn on earth, everything displays itself to us as pleasant and cheerful. Individual details draw their character from the general mood. The case is the same with a state of innocence. It emerges under peaceful conditions and is a general mood affecting everything involved in love and faith. Unless the various facets of love and faith have innocence within them, they lack their essential ingredient. That's why no one can go to heaven without possessing some innocence. And then he refers to that passage about as a little child. Wow. Well, I I know I've brought it up before, or sort of like topics in in psychology, but something recently that I was really struck by that this connects to is um, I was listening to a talk about uh, the psychology of self-compassion and, and then a specifically self-compassion as an antidote to shame um, or that it is its opposite. And the way, the pathway from shame to self-compassion requires innocence. That's what this teacher was saying, that mm. when you find yourself in, in the feeling state of shame, the way to connect to self-compassion is you have to understand, you have to connect to some innocence being, meaning like you, you have just that innocent desire to be loved, you know, or just that, um, you know, that it's not your fault, like not holding this sense of guilt, which is so much, you know, can be so much of a part of shame and stuff. But so psychology researchers out there are finding that innocence is this key to self-compassion. And, uh, mm. and I find that that, I don't know, I love that line about innocence emerging uh, in that state of peace. Cause there's like something about that surrender that has to happen, you know, like, so like, how do you actually get there? And I think there's a bit of like a surrender and, you know, like that humility, the key of humility and stuff that that is what allows innocence to emerge, which is sort of like that surrender is where you sort of start to have some of that peace. I don't know. That's kind of what's coming to me in thinking about this connection between peace and innocence. That's great. I feel like 
I've heard of or would have thought that you would need innocence to get peace. Mm. Right. So going the other way is interesting, but I love the way that it said peaceful conditions are what allow innocence to emerge. You'd think that the point would be peace. Can, can we just all live in peace and then we'll be good? But it's mm-hmm. like there's a, there's a bonus. It's actually all leading towards something. Let's let's get peace. Let's get it so that everyone is living in love to each other and everyone can feel safe and they can trust each other and that, that good things are what's happening on a daily basis. Let's get that peace that we trust the Lord. We know everything's going good. If we can get all that, guess what? Then this very delicate flower of innocence can bloom, which creates even more happiness for the people living in those conditions. Mm. That's cool. It's like peace. You think peace is good enough? Like, just wait. (laughs) What's like our hand symbol for innocence? Like, do we need, you know, like the peace sign? We need like the innocence sign. (laughs) And it makes me think of little children. Little children are not always in a peaceful state, but they're capable of if everything's okay, if we're safe and everything's okay, you know, then they get into this peaceful state where they don't have a care in the world, and then they play, and their their play is full of innocence, and that's mm-hmm. what it makes me think of. It's a nice thought, and one of the things that doesn't feel great about adult life and responsibility is that it's hard to get into that same state of peace that children have where just like somebody will take care of it and I don't know how it works somebody yeah gives somebody money and we have food and I I don't know how it works but but uh, and I know not all children are in that blessed condition but but uh, it's a beautiful thought that we too can pursue that mm. and get from peace to innocence That's so cool. In the third passage, Swedenborg talks about that, I don't know if you remember this, but it comes up fairly often in the Hebrew scriptures in the Old Testament where people die and then instead of saying they died or in addition to saying that they died, they Hmm. say they were gathered to their ancestors or to their people. Yeah. Swedenborg has a wonderful little statement about this and even kind of what it means, where it came from. When people died, the ancients customarily said they were gathered to their ancestors or to their people, by which they meant that they literally went to their parents and other close and distant relations in the other world. (laughs) This saying was one they received from the earliest people who were a heavenly race. While the earliest people were living on earth, They were also present with angels in heaven, so they knew how matters stood. They knew, Hmm. and this to me is kind of the punchline of this little passage, they knew that everyone who shares the same kind of goodness meets in the other life and lives together, as Hmm. does everyone who shares the same truth. The former, the goodness, they would describe as being gathered to their ancestors, but the latter, the truth, being gathered to their people. Oh, I love that. Oh, that's so cool. (laughs) I just think of like, you know, traditions of ancestor worship and honoring your ancestors. And I mean, 
it's an English word. So it's like, I don't know what the words are in other languages when they're talking about this, but I just enjoy learning from you just now that that ancestors, because I've wondered about that too, like this whole idea of we're always being supported by our ancestors. It's like, well, I probably have some sort of like, who knows all the people that are in my family tree history, you know, like they're maybe not all the <laughs> best people that I would want to be being supported by. I don't know. You know, like everybody chooses their own journey, but it's like this concept of ancestors supporting us is like, it makes sense that it's like the goodness, the goodness of these people that share the same goodness. That is what is supporting us. And yes, in a lot of ways, that is the very people that you are descended from. Um, so that's that's very cool. I love that it says they were present with angels, so they knew how matters stood. <laughs> yeah. That those long ago people had a clearer understanding of how things really are than anybody else. That's awesome. I love that. And I found it very... Um, moving that they they not only meet like it's great oh they meet in the other oh how fun you know that you meet Mm -hmm. in the other life so what's happening when you're dying is that you're going to meet your your people quote unquote or your your ancestors quote unquote people in the same kind of goodness and then it adds and lives together it's like yeah why do you want to leave (laughs) (laughs) you know it's not just a meet and greet it's like Hey, can I stay like forever? Yeah. You know, can we just stay here and keep, you know, being together like this? It's such a comforting thought and to think of people getting to just think of all the people that we have yet to meet who who really are supporting us just like you know, and connected to us just like those people in earliest times who knew that because they had a perceptive connection with angels. That's just like such an awesome thing to to think about. Oh, as usual, every time we come here, Jonathan, it feels like light shining in our minds and warming our hearts. It is really such a delight to get to come. Yeah, thank you. I have no interest in going to heaven as long as you guys are right here. Yeah, right. <laughs> here we are, the gathering of the ancestors. <laughs> we made it. People. <laughs> Modern day, what I don't know. It's confusing, but that's still how I feel. Oh, so great. Well, then let's definitely come back and do it again sometime. I hope your heart was uplifted and your mind inspired by this week's NCE Spotlight. Subscribe to the Inside Off the Left Eye podcast to tap into this stream of fresh insights and join us on our excursions into the historical context of Swedenborg's life and works. All passages quoted in this episode are sneak peeks from upcoming volumes of the New Century Edition translation of Secrets of Heaven. If you've benefited from the work of the Swedenborg Foundation through Off the Left Eye and the New Century Edition, consider supporting us with a donation. We are a nonprofit and depend on the support of our donors. To give, go to swedenborg.com donate. And thank you for listening. Thank you.